0: We're excited to be here this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter number one. Joshua chapter number one is where we are this morning and just talking about uh, live the abundant life, to live, to live the abundant life. So many times in scripture, we look at words and we memorize verses, but the question is, is are we living the abundant life that Jesus Christ said he came to give to each one of us. And so it's my prayer that we would experience all that God has for us this year. Uh, comics, uh, I, I read a lot of different comic strips, and, and I say a lot of different ones. My favorite ones uh, are Peanuts and uh, Charlie Brown. I love Charlie Brown. And uh, uh, I was reading a, a comic strip, a Peanuts comic strip, and Lucy came to Charlie Brown, and Lucy was reading all of their baseball statistics. And uh, started telling him, hey, uh, I was reading, you know, and and, and so she said this to Charlie Brown. She said, you know, we almost, we almost got one out before we gave up one run in every game this year. And uh, she said, we almost, we almost scored a run this year. We almost got a double play this year. And then finally she, she said, we almost won a game this year. And Charlie Brown Responded and Charlie Brown said, I believe that we have potential to be the greatest team in the league. But I guess we led the league in almost. And, uh, I I thought about that, and I was thinking about where we are as people, as children of the king, And, and, and we're in a passage of scripture today, Joshua chapter number one, where the nation of Israel had been delivered from bondage. They had come out of Egypt, but they were basically living life, wandering around in the wilderness, and God, when God brought them out of the land of Egypt, he brought them out so that he might bring them into. And a lot of times what happens to us along the way, if we're not careful, is we live our lives wandering in the wilderness when we ought to be living in the promised land in other words Jesus Christ himself said I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly and John chapter number 10 and in verse number 10 and I pray to God that we would experience that this year not living life in the land of almost but rather being able to say you know what I I am I am maximizing my potential for Jesus Christ I believe this with all of my heart I believe in in fact the Bible says it like this Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 10 talking about believers talking about people that have been born again man when you got saved you received the Holy Spirit of God he empowered you enabling you to be who he calls you to be and in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 10 the Bible says we are God's workmanship we are God's masterpiece you can look around at the work of his hands you can see the sunshine and you can see the moon and you can see all of the stars and all of the different galaxies and, and, and we can say wow what an amazing God but yet God God's word says, hey, listen, you who have been born again, you are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for the works that he has prepared for you in advance. And so sometimes we do find ourselves living in the land of almost. And when does that happen? I would say that that happens when when we would say, my my." Abilities, my abilities that God has granted to me are exceeding my availability to be used by him. When my abilities, my giftedness exceeds my availability to be used in the hands of the master. Then I've settled into what I would say living in the land of almost. And I'm not experiencing the abundant life that Jesus Christ said he has for me God has plans for each one of us and it's amazing plans in fact he says uh, he, he wants to do an amazing work I believe in us as well as through us and this is the time of year when we start examining ourselves and I would encourage you uh, to examine yourself spiritually speaking over this next week it's a great time of year it's always a good time to examine yourself but when it comes to the end of the year and the beginning of a new year it's a great time to say hey where am I am, am I am I?" serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords with everything that I have? Or am I, leaving, or am I leaving something on the table? And so God help us because he has plans for us, plans to do amazing works in us. In fact, the Bible says in Galatians chapter number 5, verses 22 and 23, it says, Hey, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says, hey, I I want to manifest myself in you in this way. That's what the fruit of the Spirit is. When we stay connected to the source, when we stay connected to the vine, then what happens is the branch begins to bear fruit. And that's the fruit that happens in our life. In other words, no matter what comes my way, I have the opportunity and the privilege to be able to love even the unlovable this year. And a lot of times we fall short because we don't want to be all that God wants me to be. I can have joy no matter what the circumstance in my life. I can have peace because he says, I will be your peace come what may this year. He wants to do an amazing work in us. And it's not just so that we can contain it within ourselves, but it's not just in us, but also through us. He wants us to impact others, even believers. When we're talking about impacting people, we have the privilege to be able to impact other believers along the way. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 10, over in verses 24 and 25, it says, let us not forsake the assembling of some are in the habit of doing, let us continue to uh, gather together. Why? So that we might stimulate one another to to good works and so and so question have you have you looked forward to opportunities to stimulate others to good works are you engaging other believers along the way God, help me. I want to encourage you this year, man. It's so exciting. When, when you're coming for worship, a lot of times when we gather for worship, we don't even know why we're coming. Sometimes we come because this is just what we've always done. It's Sunday morning. We just kind of come to church, and we just want to listen to a sermon or sing a few songs. But the fact of the matter is, man, we're active participants in worship. And and, and God, help me. And as we pray and look forward to anticipating what's going to happen when we gather together with other believers, what we can do is we can get on our knees and say, God, I want to be an instrument in your hands. I want to be a person that encourages other people along the way. And so the question's got to be asked. When's the last time you prayed and anticipated and expected God to use me today just to be an encouragement to somebody? You don't have to be. You don't have to be a teacher designated. You don't have to be a designated door holder or a greeter to greet somebody. You don't have to be a singer to be able to bless somebody along the way. I'm telling you, man, I've been blessed and encouraged more in in, in my past 20 years. And in my past 20 years, I've been blessed and encouraged more by a guy that never served in any official capacity in the life of this church. He never sang a song, he never taught a class. In fact, he never even speaks many words along the way. But you know what he does? He comes to me occasionally and he'll have tears coming down from his face and he'll hug me up in his arms and he'll pull my cheek up against his cheek and those old warm tears just go all the way down into my heart and he impacts me, encourages me. We have the privilege to be encouragers of other saints of God this year. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that opportunity. Not only do we have the opportunity to encourage other saints along the way, we have the opportunity to engage sinners along the way if we're willing. God says, I want you to be my witnesses. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to be my witnesses in Acts chapter number one. He says, I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. It begins in my home, it begins with my family, and it goes from there to my friends, it goes to my co workers, it goes to my neighbors. And the question is, in 2021, did you ever engage a person with the gospel? One, God help us not to settle and live life in the land of the Almost. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, the Bible says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we can ask or even begin to imagine, according to the power that's at work within us, God help me, God help me to be found faithful. I mean, God wants to do, and I believe, an amazing work greater than ever before in you and through you this year. God, help us to understand. <clears throat> the calling that we have as children of God. When you are talking about the promised land, before we get into this text of Scripture, by the way, we have to be careful because sometimes people think the promised land is a reference today to heaven, to which I would say, no, uh, the promised land, when you're talking about the Old Testament promised land, the Old Testament promised land was a land of hills and valleys. It was a land where there were still enemies, where there were still battles to be had. Even though the land had been conquered There were battles to be won along the way. And so when we're talking about the promised land, even of the Old Testament, making application to New Testament, that's just the life of the believer. I mean, that's the life of the believer, our promised land. We're supposed to be living in the land of abundance. And so God, help me to experience the abundant life. So what will it take for me to experience the abundant life this year? The Bible says in Joshua chapter number 1, beginning in verse number 1, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel." Every place on which the sole of your foot treads I have given it to you Just as I spoke to Moses From the wilderness in this Lebanon Even as far as the great river The river Euphrates All the land of the Hittites And as far as the great sea Toward the setting of the sun Will be your territory No man will be able to stand before you All the days of your life Just as I have been with Moses I will be with you I will not fail you or forsake you, be strong and courageous. For you shall give the people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so this year. As we anticipate a new year, 2022, I would say, number one, overcoming our obstacles, overcoming personal obstacles. Along the way, all of us have obstacles. Some of them are unseen to others, but we all have obstacles in our life to identify those things that are keeping us from becoming all that God has for each one of us along the way. God, help us to see what you see in our life. When you're talking about this story here, in the story, verses number one and two, we're talking about uh, Moses, my servant is dead. The children of Israel, been 500 years since God Almighty had promised Abraham the land. And and, and, and 400 years uh, they spent in bondage of those 500 years. They had been delivered. And they'd spent the last 40 years out in the wilderness wandering. Here they are getting ready to enter into the promised land but yet they would have to say we have been here before I mean, if you remember, uh, shortly after they were delivered from the land of Egypt, they had been in this place before standing, getting ready to enter into the promised land. And it was then that Moses sent out the 12 spies, if you remember the story, and they spied out the land. And when they came back with the report, all of them agreed that this is an amazing land, a land like we have never seen before, an incredible, incredible land. But the problem is, man, there are giants in that land, and they will squash us like little grasshoppers if we go. But there were two of the ten, Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb said, man, God said it's ours to take and we need to go take the land. But they were overruled. And they wandered for the next 40 years, not experiencing what God had intended for them to experience along the way. And here they are standing on the verge of going into this new land. But the problem is, the problem is Moses just died. Moses just died. Moses was a legend in his own time. When people talked about Moses, they revered the name of Moses. Moses was the one that God used to deliver the nation of Israel. Moses was the one that went and had a confrontation with Pharaoh. Moses was the one that when they were at the edge of the Red Sea, he held up the staff and the Red Sea parted. Moses was the deliverer. Moses was the one that led them in the wilderness wanderings. It was through Moses that God did many, many miracles. And a lot of times, what we do if we're not careful is we ascribe all the work to the servant of God rather than to the master. And here in this text of scripture, what simply was happening was this God said, Hey, listen, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. What's he saying? He's saying, The servant died, the master still lives. So be careful, be careful along the way, that we don't ascribe more than we ought to God's servants along the way. His work is bigger than any one of us. God help us. A lot of times along the way, we feel like, man, it's, it's all of our work, and, and aren't you grateful to God to be a co-laborer with Jesus Christ? But at the end of the day, hey, listen, it's bigger than me, and it's bigger than you. But here's where we have to be careful because sometimes we miss out because we're so fixated and focused on the past that we're not ready for the future. I mean, this is where we were before. This is what we used to be. And a lot of times we stay fixed on the past. We embalm the past as what we'll do to escape the present and the future. And the problem is things change. Times change. There are new ways of doing things. And so be careful that you're not living life in the past. In fact, church, churches will die living in the past. We've never done it that way before. God help us to make sure we're moving forward. In fact, it was the Apostle Paul that wrote in Philippians chapter number 3, verses 13 and 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's saying, hey, listen, don't be shackled by your past. Could you imagine, Paul, Paul's writing this, right? Could you imagine being the Apostle Paul who, who, was, who was a terrorist? The Apostle Paul who was one that persecuted the church, persecuted Christians, and he would go into cities, and don't you think that there were people there that reminded him of his past? Who do you think you are coming and peddling that stuff? We know who you were. And the Apostle Paul said, man, you got to forget the past. The past is forgiven. I'm changed. I'm a different person today. Each one of us have to be careful not to be so focused on the past that we forget about the future. And it's not just the bad past, by the way. Sometimes we can be shackled by the good past. I mean, the good old days. I mean, I, I, just, I just want to go back to those good old days when the fact of the matter is I believe that the best days are yet to come. And God help us <clears throat> understand that. The work of God is bigger than one man. But then also we struggle along the way with personal insecurities. Sometimes we can struggle with pers- personal insecurities along the way. I mean, I mean, even Moses, remember Moses? Even Moses himself, when God called Moses, way back in the book of Exodus, and God called Moses and he said, God, you, you don't understand, man. I stutter a lot. I can't do this. You gotta find somebody else. And a lot of times, if we're not careful, we will allow our personal insecurities to keep us from being and doing who God called us to be and what he called us to do. Be careful that you don't forfeit yourself from his service because of personal insecurities. Joshua, three times over, when you're looking at this passage of Scripture in verse number 6, verse number 7, verse number 9, three times over, it's repeated right here, right off the bat, just simply saying, hey, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong, Joshua, and courageous. Why would it need repeating? I believe it needs repeating because Joshua had weaknesses. And what we do is we focus on our own abilities and we see the weaknesses. And God says, you just be available and let me do the work in you and through you. Insecurities, we struggle with those things. Weaknesses, fear, fear. I mean, I mean again, talking about Joshua. Be courageous. Why does he need courage three times over? Because he struggled with fear. I mean, here I am. I'm supposed to lead. You're calling me. You're calling me to a position to lead people, lead an entire nation over into the Promised Land, and I was with just 12 spies, and I couldn't convince 10 of them to go. And now I got a whole nation to deal with. And when we go across, and when we go across over there, these are all newbies. Man, we lost all of our warriors. And we're going to go into this land of the Gergesites and the Hittites and the Amalekites and the Amorites and the thoseites, all the ites, bad people. <laughs> and, and I'm leading. I, I, I'm sure that in his life he struggled with some insecurities, with some fears along the way. But God said, hey, Joshua, don't be afraid. Be strong be courageous be strong and be courageous a lot of times we struggle with those things do we not I mean a lot of times we 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 talk ourselves out of opportunities to be an encouragement to somebody else because we say who who am I I just see my weaknesses and I see my failures who am I And when it comes to engaging people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, how many times have we talked ourselves out of those opportunities? Because, man, I just don't know what to say. And God says, be strong and be courageous along the way. God, help us not to wish off what God wants us to do. Whatever that is for us. It's amazing how many times people will forfeit their places of ministry because of their past. I'm reminded of Romans 8, Romans eight twenty eight. You know, God takes all things, all things, all things. Don't limit it, but he'll take all things and work it together for our good to those who love him, who are called according to his purposes. What does that mean? That means that God can take my past no matter what it looks like. No matter what it looks like. And he can establish an incredible ministry if I just say, here I am. The good, the bad, and the ugly. But you know, a lot of times we don't want to make ourselves vulnerable along the way. Be strong. Be courageous. Trust God with the details. And watch what he will do in and through you. Be careful that you're not overcome by your obstacles. And the best way to overcoming The obstacles that exist in our life is to be overcome with Jesus Christ. God help me not to forfeit opportunities of service along the way. But he says, remember God's promises. To ponder God's promises in verse number 2 and following. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them. To the sons of Israel. Pay attention to what he's saying. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. In other words, there was certainty with the message that he was delivering. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will never Fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. You shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Joshua again was called to this monumental task of leading the children of Israel into the promised land. When you're looking at the promised land at that time, it was occupied. There were 30 different people groups And I'm sure he was overwhelmed. But it's so important to ponder God's promises. He gathers together the leaders of the people. Verse number 10, you can read the rest of the story as we go. God gave him a message and he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go. And he assembled the leaders. And when when he assembled the leaders together, could you imagine how that went? Could you imagine how that went when Joshua assembled different leaders? We're, We're getting ready to conquer. We're getting ready to go into the promised land and inhabit it. Well, how are we going to do it? (laughs) I don't know. God said do it. He'll tell us as we go. You know, a lot of times what we do is we want the rest of the story before he wants to give it. Be careful. Be careful. Because God calls us just to simply trust and obey. Oh, Adrian Rogers. Remember Adrian? Some of you remember Adrian Rogers. Adrian Rogers used to call it the TNO Railroad, the Christian life. He said, the Christian life just the... TNO Railroad it says trust and obey like the old song says trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That's the journey that we're called to along the way. How in the world are we going to be able to do this? I don't know how it's going to go. Well, you need to ponder God's promises. Why is that so important? And how does that actually look when you're talking about trusting and obeying? For example, he said there in, in, in the fifth verse, he said, hey, nobody's going to be able to stand before you. Nobody will stand before you. That's what God said. He crosses over the Jordan. And they come to the very first city, the city of Jericho. And you look at the city of Jericho and it's surrounded by an incredible wall. How in the world are we going to do this? Well, all I got is a promise from God that nobody's going to be able to stand before us. And he gets over there and God said, here's how you're going to do it. You're going to walk around that city one time a day for seven days. I mean, could you imagine that? I mean, we know the rest of the story now. But could you imagine receiving that and practicing that? He didn't tell how it was going to happen, but they did it. And God did an amazing miracle in them and through them, just simply because they trusted and obeyed. God may be calling you to something this year. And he doesn't give you all the details. He doesn't have to give you all the details. He just says, trust and obey. And it is amazing to be able to walk with God and watch the miracles that he provides in you and through you. It's an amazing journey. It really is. It's exciting. I can remember, I've shared with you, I can remember going to seminary, and and, and I was in Orlando. I I loved our church in Orlando. Things were going incredibly well in Orlando. And I went up to seminary, and and I walked onto the campus, and God just grabbed a hold of my heart. and, And all he said was, this is home for you. And I was married, and I had a four-year-old son. All the comforts, friendships. I didn't have anybody in North Carolina, but I did have a word from God. This is home. God, how am I going to provide for my family? I mean, I'm a husband, and I got a son. Go. Go. I didn't know what to do so I got on my knees and I prayed dear God would you tell Bonnie that we need to go (laughs) and that's the honest to goodness truth and God woke her up in the middle of the night and said we're going to seminary and having another baby it's another mouth to feed and we went and I'm just telling you that God supernaturally provided uh, an amazing journey along the way just simply trust and obey. He's got you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. No man will stand before you, against you. He's got you. He's got you. He's your father. Just trust and obey. Joshua, at the end of his days, I love this because <clears throat> we can read the rest of the story. So, fast forward many years. Joshua gets to the end of the story. And listen to his confession. Listen to Joshua's confession. Joshua chapter 23, verse number 14. Now behold, today I'm going the way of all the earth. In other words, he's simply saying, hey, I'm fixing to pass away. I'm fixing to pass away. It's the end of life for him. He says, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one word Of all the good words which the Lord your God spoke concerning you has failed. All have been fulfilled for you. Not one of them has failed. God has been faithful. And he's just simply saying he is faithful. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29 and verse number 11. For I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a, a hope. Just remember this new year. God's ways are not our ways. I mean, if if I could have written a script for my life, it probably wouldn't have gone as it went. But looking back, I wouldn't change it for a second. It's an amazing journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. But you got to remember his promises, because sometimes in the midst of it, His promise is all you got, but that's all you need at the end of the day. So God, help us to remember his promises. But make sure, make sure we obey the orders that he gives us. Make sure we obey the orders that he gives to us. Only be strong, verse number 7, and very courageous. Be careful to do, be careful to do, not just here, be careful to do. According to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Don't tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Bible says we are to be doers. In fact, James, in James chapter number 1 and verse number 22, he says, But prove yourselves doers of the word and not hearers only. In other words, when we come to the word of God, it's impossible. It's impossible. Listen, it is impossible to be all that God wants you to be apart from his word. And you got to get into his word. And when you get into his word, it's not just to hear his word, but to do his word. When you you come to church, here's here's just a simple question, a simple question along the way. When When you come to church, when you come to church and when we gather together and we open God's word, are you praying, God, give me what you want me to do today? Or do you come just simply to say, man, I just, I'm going to hear something and we'll talk about it. (laughs) God says, here's my word. Here's my word. If if you take God's word, James says it like this. if, If you approach God's word and you just hear it and you do nothing with it, it's no different than the man that goes in there in front of the mirror every day and just looks at himself in the mirror and walks away and doesn't do anything with himself. Hair still still has bed head. <laughs> God help us to be doers of the word and not mere hearers only. Impossible, impossible to be all that God wants me to be. Apart from getting into his word. A lot of times what we do with God's word is we just hear it. Sometimes what we do with God's word is we just debate it. I mean, I mean, you know, I just want to hear something I can debate. And and the problem with that is this we spend more time debating what we don't know than doing what we do know. I mean, seriously, God, help me to do your word. God, help me to love unconditionally. Love my enemies. Pray for those who persecute me. Not just talk about them, but sincerely pray for. To pray for the governing authorities over us. And not just throw rocks at them. God help me to live the life that you've called me to live. This year, it's impossible, it's impossible to be all that God wants me to be apart from hearing from him and his word. And I just want to encourage you to get into the Word of God this year. Make a commitment this year to get into God's Word. And when you approach God's Word, it's not just, it's not just saying, hey, this year, this year. And, and, and by the way, this is just on a personal note. This is just a personal note for me. Uh, this year, I'm, I'm actually going to go back and read through God's Word uh, in totality this year just because that's my reading plan this year. You say, don't you do that every year? No, not, not every year. Uh, but this is the year that I'm going to be reading through God's Word this year. And, and at the end of the day, it's not just so that I can get to the end of the year and say, Wow, I read through God's Word this year. Because it's not just about how much Word I get through, but how much His Word gets into me. But I know this, that apart from God's Word, I cannot have good discernment apart from God's Word. I cannot have good judgment apart from God's Word. I mean, His Word... Is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide God's word in my heart so that I might sin against him. He teaches me. He directs me. He guides me. He guards me from his word. The Bible says in Psalm chapter number 1, beginning in verse number one. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked nor stand in the path of sinners nor sit in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in whatever he does, he prospers. I will never be able to experience the abundant life that God intends for me, apart from his word. And so let it begin there. And I just want to encourage you to be a doer of his word, to get into God's word, let God's word get into your life this year and look forward with great anticipation and expectation all that he has for you. So my question again, are you experiencing the abundant life that Jesus said he came to give to you? How do you describe it? How do you describe it? Would you say, would you say, man, I'm available To be used by him. And I'm not talking about, and here's where we have to be careful. It's not just a specific position in a church. Well, if I'm not in a position, I must not be serving. No, no, you don't have to be serving in a position to serve God. (laughs) I can be faithful, right where I am. And by the way, it's not just limited to the walls of the church either. When we gather together, it's to encourage one another. Yeah, there needs to be some organization that happens inside the body, but I don't I don't have to be a greeter to greet people. I, I don't have to have a position. To be all that God wants me to be. God help me just to be faithful this year. Have you been faithful? Where are you? New Year's dawning. It's, it's, it's coming, man. There's a new year on the horizon getting ready to happen. And God help me to be all that you want me to be. Maybe you're here today. And there's never been a time in your life when you've been born again. Into the family of God. Man, you will never experience joy, peace, true hope, life without Jesus Christ. If there's never been a time in your life that you've been born again, that you've called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you recognized I have sinned, because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, our sin separates us from a holy God, and he is holy and just, and he loves you and he loves me, and he desires an intimate relationship, not just religious activity, He wants a relationship with you, an abundant life, an abundant life. And it can't be had apart from a relationship with him. And so if you've never called on his name, I'm inviting you today to call on his name. I want to encourage you right where you are. God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that you died on a cross for me. Because his word says without the shedding of blood there could be no forgiveness of sins. And so Jesus Christ paid the price for you and for me on the cross completely. It's a gift To be received. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never called on his name, call on his name today. Call on his name today. Would you do me a favor this morning and join me for a time of prayer? And what we're going to do is we're going to pray this morning. And after we pray, we're going to sing a song. And after that song is sung... I'll be down front, we'll have others down front, and maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, you know what, I need to talk to somebody about my relationship with God. I've never been saved, I've never been born again, but I'd like to, I'd like to begin that journey today. And if that's a decision you'd like to make, I'm inviting you. We're going to sing, after we sing, you come, and we're going to meet with you today. Maybe you're here this morning and, man, you know that as I am reflect on my life i reflect on this past year maybe you're here this morning say man i haven't i haven't been all god wants me to be but i want to i want to man stop living in the land of almost (laughs) today repent and god help me with this new year to experience the abundant life that's mine and you Oh God, have your way. Lord Jesus, this morning I pray that you would search our hearts, that you would have your way in our life today. God, please, I pray that you'd speak. I pray that you'd examine us, Father. Let it begin with me. Oh God, any area of my life that's not honoring to you, not pleasing to you, not available to you, show me. God, shine your light. Oh, Father, pray for all of us this morning that you'd examine us. God, today I do pray for those that, Father, have never been born again. That, God, you would give life where there's no life today. God, let your spirit blow. Father, thank you for these moments. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity, even today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.